Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, uh, ball player, ball player, no watching from the side. Said that you got him next, well, go ahead and show him why. No limits in the sky. Go ahead and take your shot. This one is for the city. Let's what up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up Next, the podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports, and we talk about all things youth sports related with with players in the game and you know big time uh, people in the game and influencers in the game. We definitely have a big time influencer with us today. But uh, before we introduce him, of course, I'm Jamal Murphy, and I got my co-host Khalid Green in the house. What's up, man? Peace, man. Just um, happy to be on here with you, brothers. Uh, it's been a while. Yep. So happy to get this season going with our podcast. And no better brother to start it off with our brother Kenji, man. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Like you said, we got a special guest today. He's been on here before. He's a friend of the podcast. Of course, we got Kenji Summers, former Nike basketball East Coast brand marketing manager, with expertise in community development and creative strategy. He also runs and is CEO of an organization called Future Current. Uh, so let's welcome my guy, Kenji. What's up, Kenji? What's going on, man? Peace, brothers. <clears throat> feel great today. It's, there's a lot of information that's flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be online, man. Right, no doubt, no doubt. So, you know, I know one of the one of the big issues that uh, that's on your mind these days, and you know, it's been on your mind even before uh, this topic became official, uh, is the whole name, image, likeness thing with the NCAA, and it really goes beyond the NCAA. It goes it goes into high school kids and even elementary school kids nowadays. You know, so you know we we talked about it a little bit last time, but this is such a it's something it's a topic. That's perfect for this podcast because we have, you know, young kids. We, we cater to, uh, you know, the kids who are up next, um, who are going to have these type of opportunities. We don't even know where this area is, you know, going to go fully. So no better person to talk to about it than you, who always, who always is like on, you know, you always think next level about these type of things. So, so tell me first. Let's just start off with, you know, name image likeness. Obviously, that's that's where kids, players can profit. The NCAA is allowing uh, uh, players who play, you know, for their member schools to, as Division One, Two, and Three, to now profit from their name or image or likeness. You know, signing autographs, you know, doing commercials, uh, you know, social media, all that kind of stuff. Whereas they were they were not allowed to do that forever. You know, the the NCAA owned all that. Uh, so that's a change now. So let me. So what? What's your thoughts just on the fact that it's that the NCAA has allowed this, even though that sounds crazy? They're allowing you to, you know, to take advantage of yourself. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I I had to really refresh myself on the history of NCAA. And so in 1905, it was founded. I believe um, under the initiative of Teddy Roosevelt, our president of the United States of America at the time. And there were deaths, I believe. And uh, NCAA football, mm. uh, I guess, due to lack of oversight. Um, I think the reality is uh, that there's going to be governing bodies still in play. And like, there's things you're not going to be able to touch, uh, maybe rightfully so, like vice products, cigarettes, cannabis, alcohol. But 
take a moment and just recognize how how many bodies, particularly black bodies, um, have been uh, wrongfully affected by the NCAA's rules. Right. You know, uh, I think I just need to acknowledge that. No doubt. Hey. Yeah, man, you, you, you know, guys, from like being in Brooklyn and, and, then, and then for me, the 90s and 2000s, man, I saw a lot of athletes that um, had they been able to legally um, receive the guidance um, from professionals that uh, were not leeches, they, they, they may still be here um, in and around the game. You know, I'm class of 04 uh, high school. And so there's some really big names, in, in, at least in my eyes, there were some really big names. I think maybe the biggest out of Brooklyn of 04 would have been Sebastian Telfair. Right. And I, I remember, you know, Through the Fire um, documentary and mm-hmm. just that season, I had some friends that played on the Lincoln team and, and just considering like what it would be like to have like a trio of us, you know, and granted in different capacities, you, you can, you know, be in the player's life, but to be consciously and um, contractually in their life at this stage would make all the difference, you know, junior to senior year or even sophomore to junior year. And as you said, Jamal, even earlier, um, I'm most concerned with how um, that how we are going to determine our ethical stance when it comes to NIL. Um, I'm not as as I'm not as focused on how the NCAA or the teams that these players go to will will function. I'm more interested in how does this affect um, how we treat these players now um, when they're in youth leagues, whatever they, those youth leagues may be. And as they matriculate to AAU, um, is it now white glove? Everyone gets white gloves. You just never know who's going to be lucrative. Even if they're not the most skilled player, they may have like the style or they may have the, the following on the platform, whether it be, you know, Instagram, TikTok, one that's yet to come. Um, I'm most interested in seeing brothers like yourselves, um, sisters that are not present here with us, that can can kind of provide them that those set of values that they can kind of kind of have been instilled with them before uh, the profit comes. So, you know, I've been working through frameworks that I think could be helpful in, in thinking through this because my time at Nike, um, we often would go through different uh, brainstorms to consider like how do we capture the the time, the energy, the attention, and the money of these players, right? It's like it's, it says it, it spells out an acronym, team, right? Like, how do you say that again? Say that again, team. Time. Is it for Nike? Time. No, no, this isn't a Nike one. This oh, is not one a Nike. I made okay, myself. Okay, okay. So, but like at Nike, like this, this is what I was constantly having to think through. It's like uh-huh. time, energy, attention, and money. You know, how are you? How are you capitalizing on their time, their energy, their attention, their money? Example, time being, you know, they have these devices now, right? Um, they may be using like the TikToks, the Instagrams. How much are they using the Nike app or the sneakers app? Um, how often are they on uh, the accounts of Nike uh, or Nike athletes? Um, you you ha- you want to 
bring them into an ecosystem where they don't seemingly have any choice to go anywhere else. You feel me? Um, and then energy is, we, we see it all the time, right? You have a big summer league or uh, EYBL stop, and you literally can feel the energy on the court, in the stands, around the, the community or around the, the facility. That, that's energy. That's palpable. Like you can, you can, it's, it's, you want to create an emotional ecstasy. That's, mm -hmm. that's what the brands are constantly trying to get after. Nike does it better than anyone, right? Um, and then attention. Again, back to this. Our attention spans are the lowest they've been in probably recorded human history. Like myself, I'm in recovery right. uh, from, <laughs> from screen, yeah. social media, internet technology, obsession, right. you know? Yeah, and, I'm right there with you. Right. Well, I'm, and, not, I'm not quite in recovery yet, but I, need I think to. I'm in denial. Go ahead. <laughs> and so that dopamine uh, addiction that we have um, for a child whose who's prefrontal cortex is not even fully developed is, right. is, is, is hijacked. So to tell a kid, yo, don't bring your phone to the gym. Put your phone down. During, don't check your. You got to You got to meet them where they're at. And first of all, I think we have to look each other in the mirror and say, yo, who, where am I at? right there with this and if, am i helping myself or am i just projecting onto the, the the student athlete what it is that i'm not caring for in my own body um and then lastly money right now you know i started to see this you know there's always been you know a little bit of money flowing through you know the amateurs but you're going to start seeing players who are worth more than their coaches at the age of 13. And how does that affect how they are mentored, how they are cared for? Because they're still boys, they're still girls. So that's that's my set. And so I've, I've identified three phases to, to consider. One is activity, right? When athletes, student athletes are starting out, um, whatever the level, elementary, earlier, or later, uh, fitness, fitness, um, and I'll, I'll go into this when I, I break down the other four parts of this. So the three phases are activity, fitness and recovery. So as a person who's been through uh, whatever I've been through with sport and basketball specifically, I'm in a place of recovery. Um, you know, an athlete that's starting out uh, junior high school might be in the activity phase or, or elementary school. You want to get them in intramurals. And then fitness might be, uh, for example, somebody like Mikey. Um, or even like before there's a Mikey, right? Before he signs with, with Puma. And what you then look at within those three phases are financial, mental, physical, and creative. So then that starts to look like financial activity, financial fitness, financial recovery, creative activity, creative fitness, excuse me, creative activity, creative fitness, creative recovery. Uh, mental activity, mental fitness, mental recovery, physical activity, physical fitness, physical recovery. And I'm believing right now that this potentially is a model that can be then shared, um, you know, with the with the facilitators of the game. It could be coaches, could be trainers, could be parents, could be the actual players themselves. And my, my job now, after I've seen this, like I, I feel like I've gotten this vision just based on like, it's Nike, it's working in the music business with Interscope and Sheck West and being around the Travis Scott and Cactus Jack team. It's working um, as a consultant through Future Current. 
Um, but lastly, and we can maybe spend more time down the line about it, but it's, it's been spending time with Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's mindfulness teacher, their, their, their meditation teacher, their mindfulness coach that's mm-hmm. been teaching me mental fitness um, in my mental recovery. Um, I think what's wildly important in that is that these professionals had these people, these, these, these Hall of Famers had, had these people, this particular person, his name is George Mumford, early in their careers. I mean, Jordan was after the first three P after his father passed, uh, but for Kobe, it was much earlier in his career. And so what I'm looking to do now, fellas, since we last spoke, uh, I'm getting um, certified to be a mindfulness coach, to be a meditation teacher. And I specifically want to work with those student athletes um, starting now, right? Because I'm, I'm being trained and I'm, I'm working with George Mumford on a weekly basis um, in group setting. Um, but the idea is to start testing out this model, the one I just shared, so that we can start getting the data we need to be able to figure out. Like when, when we do see a kid, that's like, all right, you're about to get those endorsements. Do you have that foundation? Is that model, where are you at? Are you in activity? Are you in fitness or are you in recovery? How, do you lean more into needing creative fitness? And what I mean by creative fitness, like, yo, there's a there's an artist in all of us, I truly believe. There's a creative in all of us. Those kids, a lot of times, want to express that part of them on the court when it might not be appropriate. But it's only because they don't have another outlet for their creativity, mm. potentially. You know, I dare say <laughs> you don't have an and one if there weren't the same uh, level of arts and creative programs in the inner city as there were and are in the suburbs. You feel yeah, me? Right, like we right. turned the, the, the 94 by 50 into a canvas. No doubt. And, and it yeah. changed the game. And so, you know, that's how I'm starting off with things, fellas. I want to yeah. hear where y'all are at with now, I, I, You know what? I, I want to piggyback on what you just said. You said a lot. And I, I and what, okay, before you, before I need, so I'm coaching the eighth grade New Heights national team. We, we, I want that. Would would I, I need that mindfulness? I lo- I love that, I love that. So count me in on that one, man. Just before we continue, um, number two, you said something about a canvas. Kyrie Irving is missing at the Barclays. That <laughs> that canvas that he and you know what I've learned that the attendance at the Barclays is 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 not good right now. Because of that main artist that's 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 missing, and we know why he's missing. We don't have to get into that, but he's when I think of a creator or somebody that's creative, there's nobody that exemplifies creativity for me more than Kyrie Irving with what he does with a basketball on, on the court. Um, so I just I, those two things just came to mind when you mentioned those topics. Yeah. Yeah, full on. Like I, I would say he's a he's a he's an athlete or he's an artist in recovery. You know? And it, the problem is we we have such unrealistic expectations for these athletes. Um the same expectations we wouldn't hold for ourselves if we were in the same position, most of us, right. that um identifying that he's a he's an athlete in recovery, maybe in his prime, is it, unfathomable to us. But we don't we don't remember sometimes that Jordan left. Jordan right. left. He left. He left his team. He retired. You know, maybe maybe people want to see Kobe Kyrie retire. I doubt they really want to see him retire because if he retired, 
then it's really going to be like, oh, man, uh, damn, I wish we got to enjoy him when we could. I wish we had right. his back when we right. could. Um, but, yeah, just remember, like, these these athletes, um, I don't want to use the term fragile because I don't think these are fragile men or, or women. But what I will say, they are sensitive. Mm. Um, and in that way, like, cultivating the, their fullness is important. And um, I think oftentimes we take for granted that, oh, they're professionals. <laughs> Yeah, you know how many professionals I know that had to take mental health days? I was one of them. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And, and hopefully, who doesn't need that? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, I want to see Kyrie back on the floor like anybody else does. Um, but I, I think he, he may be a martyr for, for other athletes that come after him, you know? Yeah. And I'm not really on either side of, of, of the argument, to be honest. But uh, what I do hear what you said, um, brother, is is that he's an artist and we're missing his art and, right. and the basketball court is his canvas. Right. Um, and so I think if, if there's anything I'm, I'm peeping in this story is like, who was there besides, you know, obviously his close family um, in, in that period of time, like I would say between like 15 and 18, figuring out like, you know, the financial, mental, creative and physical sides of this, this man, you know? Right. So, so break, break it down for me. Like on, uh, if it's possible. So hypothetically, there's a hypothetical kid, right? There's a kid, uh, let's say he's in sixth grade, sixth grader. Uh, he's making all kind of noise. Everybody looks at him. Oh, he, oh, he, he might be the one, mm-hmm. um, you know, dominating at that level probably could play up a couple, couple grades and dominate you 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 have that kid in front of you what 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 are you attempting to do from jump yeah i think for me is is sitting down and identifying um what i call um and this is probably obviously with the parents right like because you know be honest like yeah at 12 i remember that age um there's not a lot of autonomy you might feel like that especially with your, your phone and internet access but you know there's not a ton of it um we're sitting down at 12 years old, um, primarily, right? 12, 13? Um, yeah. About maybe 11, 12, something like that. 11, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 yeah, is yeah. usually that yeah. seventh grade, 13. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's seventh grade. Okay. Yeah, I think in that case, we're sitting down, we're figuring out, like, what are the things you're actually interested in if no one's looking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm starting with, with 12, I'm starting with creativity. Mm. I think that's really overlooked. Art, art programs are cut. Um, music programs are cut. Um, what we see right now is, 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 is sports. And then, yes, we, we do see a lot of musicians or entertainers. But um, again, sports can kind of be encompassing. You, you can kind of be the entertainer and you could be kind of the physical um, dominant, um, like kind of alpha of your group. And so I'm figuring out what, what are they actually into when no one's looking, right? And we're taking that information. And again, this is stuff that the brands do anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So some of this is like, yo, just to put y'all, I mean, not y'all up on game, but to put the audience up on game, it's like, yo, there's this things called ethnographies, right? Where you spend time, and it's a sociological term, anthropological term. So study a culture, study a society where you're getting inside the life. You want to go through a 24-hour period with that person yeah. and figure out what is it that they do. The thing with the brands, they're looking more of it as like, all right, what are they 
where where would they be purchasing? You know, like we want to see their closet. We want to see what sneakers they have, right? We want to see what what's their um primary footwear and for what reason you wear these indoor versus outdoor. You want to see their fashion. Are we matching right now? You know, like by doing ethnographies, you would have saw when the shorts started to shrink again, mm. right? Um, by doing ethnographies, you also will see when they start to balloon, you know? You'll see how much high fashion a kid actually has in their wardrobe versus what they're borrowing from other kids, you know what I'm saying? Versus what, you know, they're getting in other ways. Like, so with that kid, for me, I'm starting down like, yo, show me what you're into when no one's looking. And let, let's talk some more about that. It might be video games, you know? It might be they're cooked up to the metaverse and they're like, I got this app. I like to buy like kicks for him and, and clothes for him and do this. Like, all right. So what is he able to do or she able to do that you can't do right now? So now we're, we're dealing with psychology and we're trying to figure out like, yo, where are the things where you're missing it in real life? Because that's where we want to support you in real life. So you can feel more full when things get rough and, and hard. And that's when the mental, the mental side comes in. So in that first period, of spending time with them, I, I would think it would happen over multiple sessions, but that first session, we're going to deal with creativity. Mm. We're going to let them feel safe in their space because they should be. And if they're not, we're going to identify why they are not. And then from there, we're going to have a second meetup. And then we're going to talk about like, yo, what's, what is it? What does mental fitness look like for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are the things that kind of push your buttons? Like, where do you, because that stuff that happens on the court typically also happens in the classroom. Stuff that happens in the classroom, stuff typically happens in the home happens in a home, it might happen in a place of worship. So all these things are connected. So then we're, we're wanting to deal with mental. And then for me, it's like then showing them a way to breathe. You know, it's the first thing we do when we're born, last thing we do before we die. Yet breathing has become a lost art. Like I had to relearn how to breathe, especially during the pan, the earlier part of the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something called a, a, a square breathing, which the Navy SEALs do. And you inhale for four seconds and then you hold for four seconds and then you exhale for four seconds and then you hold for four seconds. Yo, even me talking about it makes you conscious of breathing. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, so, I was definitely almost trying to do it while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, another, another episode, man. We'll do a whole breath work thing, man. Indeed. I can't wait for my kids to uh, get, be a part of this. Um, so in the, going back to NIL, Jamal, I don't know if you're aware, but there, th this thing has taken place in New York City now as far as, you know, um, name and likeness. In fact, there's a company that I, 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 I was looking for while the brother was talking. There's a company that signed on with Stepanak. And I believe I own a prep to um, to help navigate the kids with this whole process. Mm. So, you know, in New York City, high school basketball, you know, like you were saying um, earlier, Kenji, Sebastian was a was a phenom, you know, in 2004 with, with, his, with his documentary Through the Fire. The amount of money he could have, you know, gained in that process alone he would still probably be eating off of right now, you know, and there's many more that have come, come around and, you know, Lenny cook before him was huge. And, you know, you know, hopefully that the next Lenny cook, the next Sebastian, 
can can gain and 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 really be solid and when when they gain from this not not just you know being frugal with their money and spending on you know uh what the, what my brother said in um uh that movie he said guns and butter black people spend on guns and butter hopefully we don't we don't go that route and you know put it in trust funds and things of that nature see that's a Man. that's another thing though too okay so now you know there there are good there's obviously good things that come with name image and likeness but then there's also the negative side right who are who are these people and i'm not you know i'm just i'm just asking the question who are these people and these companies that are that are signing up with these high school programs now are they you know when you listen to kenji he's not even he ain't even get to no money part at all yet he's talking about you know the people you know, creating better people. He's to, coming from a holistic right. standpoint. He's coming from a holistic standpoint. What are, what are these companies doing? Is it, are we just, cre- is it just another, you know, culture vulture that we're creating right here? Like who's, we who's the blood suckers of the poor. Yeah, who's going to, who, who is, you know, so, you know, quote unquote, helping these kids find opportunities. And we know they're going to get a percentage, you know, or are they, are they keeping it real with, with, with the kid and the parents? You know, so uh, Kenji, what what are we going to do here? Yeah, man, I I really think this podcast is incredibly important, man. The fact that you actually have the place. I was listening to the OSL episode and I was in private school for the last two years of high school. So we played against OSL. Um, I went to Adelphi Academy in Bay Ridge for those last two. Um, And I I listened to the coach speak about how he brought these 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 athletes in and uh, a few of them played in the first New York versus New York. And I remember that environment. I, I'll i say this for the coaches that I interviewed myself to be in that, that, uh, that league, setting it up for Nike basketball back then. It was like I thought they were legit people that I trusted being around these kids that could have the Nike swoosh on, uh, on, you know, on, their, uh, on their body. You know what I mean? And I think at this point, it's like, I, I take a step back, not to exclude finances, but to to let it know, let it be known that the finances you're not interested if there's not finances anyway. So I'm saying like, if whoever is listening, um, understand that you are a whole being. I think so. If we're gonna talk about money, wealth is wellness, wellness is wholeness, and wholeness is who we are. Mm-hmm. We forget sometimes that we are or made whole. It's through being in the wilderness of the North and being in this environment where we're pulled in all these directions that we feel like we're just these parts of us. We're just a body right. or we're just a, a body to perform right. a, uh, a trick or a move. Right. And <clears throat> like back to the, uh, the, the brother we were just speaking about earlier with Kyrie, it's like, that's, that's a man that's going through a, a, a awakening and he, he he's looking for the support from people that he thinks he should find it from the brotherhood, right? The NBA. And I think if we're seeing NIL now, I, I, I personally want to embed with AAU programs in the city um, or nationally, because like what I want to do is bring what I'm learning and what I've learned from being in environments such as, as Nike, but also advertising agencies, um, now studying uh, what Mark Zuckerberg, you know, 
has called the uh, the metaverse or is calling also the metaverse and they've called Facebook uh, meta. There's all these opportunities to potentially uh, create generational wealth in cryptocurrency, but no one's explaining that yet either because it's so speculative. But the problem is we may just get passed by because we're not spending our time understanding that it is part of the holistic picture. It's not the only thing. Like we shouldn't polarize ourselves to like, well, we got to put our money in Bitcoin or we got to get paid in Ethereum. But it's more so saying, listen, like at one point, getting into the stock market was going to be the way for many of us to generate generational wealth or to have a pension plus an IRA or to have life insurance plans and all those things are important. But now there's a generation, these same athletes that are going to be dealing with NIL are now operating in this metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg is talking about. And if we're not there, those other people, those other people we just talked about that are looking at, they will be there. Right. And they will be picking them apart. And so, you know, I, I am, I am really, really interested in getting on the ground and figuring out the NIL. And I think what I just saw was really interesting this week, right? Was Mikey Williams signed with Pulham? He did. That was announced. Yes. And what do y'all feel about that one? Was it too soon for that deal to be made? Is, is he, you feel like he's going to be a, a lottery pick? Does it matter? Well, it, it, it doesn't matter because, because he's a star right now. You know, he has star, like he could be, he could be Harold Miner. And, and Harold Miner made the league, so he could be whoever. He, he could be a bust and not even make the NBA. But right now, he's a star. So does it does it even matter? Like he he can create, he can make money, and he can create it now. Yeah, I think I think I agree. I think you have to you have to strike when the iron's hot in this game. You know, <laughs> um, you got to strike when the iron's hot. I'm just thinking about Jelly Fan. Two, two, three years ago, like they that boat has kind of sailed now, but there was nothing hotter than the jelly fan, um, you know, uh, phenomenon. And I don't know if they can get, you know, some some licensing from this or whatever. But, you know, jelly fam came and went. I heard other people made money off of jelly fam. I'm just glad that Mikey has an opportunity to, to cash in while he can. I don't know if he's an NBA player, because that's a hard thing to do. But, you know, in, in the totality scheme of things, he's still a student athlete. He's still a brother. And, you know, he's still out here and we all trying to we all got to eat. <laughs> and, and, you know, if he has the opportunity to eat, it's time. Yeah, we all and we all peak. Every, you know, everybody peaks at a different age. He, even right. if he is, he may he, he may have peaked. I'm not saying he has. He, you know, he may go on and be a great NBA player or whatever. But if he's peaking right now, then he then you know there are a lot of a lot of kids who peaked in high school and and you would have been you and we're all like damn like too bad you know. But right. now isn't it wouldn't be too bad because you were able to to capitalize on it. And, right. and, and and you know what to 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 put it in to put it to make it even more clear a few years ago he would have just got sneakers <laughs> wow homer would have just gave him sneakers right yeah so now he's getting sneakers and legally he's getting money so to put it in perspective yo 
And you worked in uh, Kenji, you yeah. worked right there with Jelly Fam. So you know, yeah, the, man. You know I, I would say, like, now that you know, you know, these guys are pros, you know, um, the majority of them are pros. It's like I remember after our first event in Harlem, after a while, having not been in Harlem, and I, I pushed to have an event at Kingdom and it ended. And uh, I remember Sheck was in Africa because he was telling me to do it at Kingdom. And I was just like, I don't know, like, you know, here it's thinking it was kind of rough right now. Like, you think you think we can happen? He's like, nah, they're they gonna respect you, man. Like, you, you you with us. I was like, bet. Well, I'm gonna push for it. We had it happen. And afterwards, I remember, you know, rest in peace, Steph, um, Steph West, man. He he was a, a rice kid and he was one of the co-founders of Jelly Fam, along with um uh Juju with Jaquay and and um and Isaiah. And anyway, like, I remember he pulled me into the car. He was like, yo, man, like, we got to talk. And it was so urgent. I just remember how urgent it was. I remember how urgent it was. Like, end of the summer, you know, there's no school. There's no AAU. It was just the end of the summer. And he was just like, yo, man, we got to talk about Jelly Fan. Man, you're Jelly Fan. You're Jelly Fan. Like, let us tell you about it. And I was like, bet, man, you know I work at Nike, man. I can't, I can't do both. It won't. It's not ethical. And I remember caring so much. And in hindsight, I remember, like, yo, no one else cares about this like that. You don't know if anyone else had the opportunity, which is like, yo, just keep it on the low. Don't right. tell anybody. Right. Like, we're good. And I was always like, nah, man, like, I want y'all to, to own your trademark. I want y'all to be able to set up your businesses. Um, it's just, unfortunately, right now, we don't have a sound way to do that. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, and, it, and they missed it by like three years, you know, basically. So yeah, hottest thing again. I remember Trey. Oh, this is a good story. Trey Young, who's now a signature athlete for, was it Adidas, right? Adidas. There was a Ball is Life All-American game, right? And all the cats was out there. And, and Zay's out there just giving work on Venice Beach, right? Just like one-on-one, -on -one, like, you know, a king of the court. At that time, nobody could beat him. He had every move in the game. And then Trey Young, I remember just like they had Jelly Fam shirts and they gave Trey and Trey went crazy. He was like, yo, Jelly Fam, Jelly Fam now, Jelly Fam, man. Like, ah, ah, ah. Wow. And I just remember that moment and being like, damn, man, this is bigger than we can ever even fathom, man. And I remember being at Nike like, yo, like y'all can't make stuff like, like I, if we do it, it has to be done properly. And like we have to talk with with legal. And it never obviously happened that way. But I think the challenge I see now is like, if you don't get that infrastructure early, it's really hard to create it later on. The one thing that I think I mentioned the last show that Nike, one of the things that Nike is incredible at is, is branding you as an athlete. Um, now, obviously you can brand yourself beforehand, but all branding is not created equal. Mm. Like that Jordan brand is something different. You know, mm -hmm. like some kids say that's I, uh, that's religious iconography. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like I'm just going to keep it clean. Like, you know, I'll do respect to anyone's religious leanings. But like when you see that symbol, you yeah. can put that on top of a building. And, and, and it, of course, it is on buildings, you know, yeah. in, in Oregon. But if you put it, imagine peep this. Right. And we saw this with Terminal 23. Right. Think about how crazy kids went for Terminal 23 yep. when they got to go there. Like that, that is the thing. Every brand's not creating. So for me, it would be like, yo, name, image, and likeness. It's like, yes, let's get this bag, but let's actually hire a design studio to do your brand marks. Let's right. hire the same people 
that have done the brand marks for uh, for Paul George, who I know. Um, I know the person who's done Paul George brand mark. The same pe- people who who've done the LeBron brand marks, um, the, the, the Kobe rest in peace brand mark. Let's get them to do our brand marks. If mm-hmm. I'm the athlete, or if I'm the um, the, the agent, or I'm the the person working in name, image, and likeness for the athlete. Because I'm looking at it from like the, the student athlete's perspective, but then also looking at it from the brand's perspective. It's like, I want my brand to show up a certain way. I want it to be clean. I want it to be uh, precise. I want to, to know if I can use your trademarks. Um, and that's another thing. It's like just the use of my trademark should be able to get me paid right. if I'm smart. Right. Um, and then on top of that, like, have y'all peeped any of the um, the NFT space, non-fungible tokens? Um, I've heard of seen, like top shots. The NBA has like the top shots where you I, it was it was burning up at one point. I don't think I've seen a lot of people talk about it recently. Um, yeah, but the NBA top shots are, are essentially an NFT. It was created by Dapper Labs It's one of these NFT companies in this quote unquote metaverse that people are talking about. So essentially you can buy um, virtual trading cards, but they're of the, of, of moments that have happened. So if mm-hmm. um, we saw that move that uh, who was a kid that was in LA, went to Chicago, really popular. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Lonzo. Uh, not Lonzo, the other, other kid. Um, Chicago. Yeah. You know, he's a point guard. He was on LA uh, Caruso. Right. Yeah. Caruso, yeah. right. Yeah, he, he did that up and under move, kind of like a la, like, I think just maybe, was it Jordan or Pippen? Nonetheless, he did one of those moves that reminded people of, like, the good old days in Chicago. That could be, and that was a top shot. And you can collect these, and essentially they're using a model of trading cards, and you collect them, and then they you can trade them, and they'll go up in value, kind of like how trading cards are, right, if you get the right, right. one at the right time. Now, there's all these other opportunities Um, now outside of just sport where like if an athlete makes music going back to creative fitness right or activity fitness or recovery athlete makes music and they're like yo i want to make music it'd be like yo listen don't put out the whole album just put out a snippet and put it to one of your highlights that ball is life hoop mixtape all of these you know media companies already make money off of you for uh, overtime and you the athlete can go on these nfts i'm imagining i don't know if NCAA is covering off on this yet, and you can sell that moment you just had to your own music or to your friend's music and then create a smart contract, right? Which is what I like. And maybe you, know, you, you dig on this, the smart contract, you can set it up. So anytime someone sells your highlight, you get paid a percentage of your choosing. You can wow. build it into the actual contract. Wow. In perpetuity, you can do a move. So imagine jelly, right? Imagine like the first jelly in a college game is done. That move is set to because uh, uh, Juju, of uh, co-founder, also a rapper, right? Right. Um, Joel Santana's nephew set to his music. And now y'all can put it out into the marketplace for all your fans to purchase. You don't got to ask your team. You don't even have to ask. Um, a brand for money that can all come from your fans. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to publish this uh, episode right here. <laughs> I was say that. But um, no, that, that's that's crazy, man. 
That's well, cool. when it comes down to it, I think one thing I, I just to pull something out of what you just mentioned, infrastructure is key. Like what I want kids and parents to get out of this episode more more than anything is to create solid infrastructure. Dot your eyes, cross your T's. Um, you know, just don't start running out there. Yeah, you have you might have thirty thousand followers or 40,000 followers, but don't, I'm just saying, don't get pimped. Like, don't, don't, don't get it exploited. Don't, don't sell yourself short, you know, because a lot of times people will come to you with what I call symbolic crumbs. And, you know, that's the first thing that you're grabbing on. And, you know, if you have the proper infrastructure and proper guidance, with people who have been around like Kenji and some of the people that he mentioned, they can guide you through this process. And guess what? You might have to pay for their consultant. See, see, but it's worth it. If you're looking at this from a long-term perspective, if you're looking at this from a short-term perspective, perspective, you're going to lose anyway. So that's, that's, that's something I wanted to drop on, on some of these youth and parents that are looking don't 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 look at this as a microwave type of situation. Look at the put on some Nipsey and <laughs> play some Nipsey hustle and, and, and put and look at this as the marathon. That's what this is. Right. You got I mean, and education, that's one of, that's the big thing, too, that I'm that I'm picking up. Like it's like the key is educating everybody involved. So and like you said, it's 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 really as much the parents as it is the kids at that age, at a young age, um, because we know, and you say, you, you say, you're telling that the kid don't get pimped. A lot of, you could get pimped by a lot of different people and it could be your own people. No you know question. So, could be your family. <laughs> so, so ed- education is the key. And, and, I, and the question is how, so how do we get there? How do you, how, how do we educate them and the, and the family? Like what's the, what's the best way to do it? I mean, my perspective on it is, um, you know, I, I was I was spoken to by one of the the first consultants on the, the Nike uh, All American uh, camp. I guess was uh, the rival to uh, Adidas's ABCD camp, and he was speaking to me. He was just like, "Yo, originally before this became like a," uh, and so so some of the young young players that are watching this may not know about it. Like, I guess. Nike's Academy or, you know, some of the other like post AAU uh, summer um, camps may be the closest, right, that are, that are still in existence. Um, but it's where the top players in, in, in the country came together. And he, this consultant was telling me that it originally had a holistic program, but over time, <laughs> because there was so much money going into it and all these coaches were flying from all over the country, they reduced. And, and y- y'all brothers may have, may have been a part of it. I mean, not part of it in that way, but like y'all probably were there, had kids in those camps and it, it just reduced and it reduced, it reduced the holistic, the educational aspect to where it was, it was fully just competition. Right. And I think rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. And again, like, he was potentially like, remember that academy system I was talking about where I was like, athletes in America. Like the soccer. Soccer camp. Well, well, 
Kobe's academy, Mamba Academy, was was really that uh, becoming that. Remember, he he was raised quite a few years in Europe, so seeing how football or soccer was was done was kind of his approach. And I think the idea is like it's not just ever going to be one person approaching it, and we all do it that way. But it's like like understanding like we are international, we are global. We should internationalize, like. If name, image, and likeness is something new to us, we should go to those people who already been faced with this. Right. And I think some of it is obviously the adults like us, like figuring out like who are, who are uh, you know our, our A likes in Brazil, mm-hmm. or in um, Jamaica, or in uh, or the UK, or in you know on the continent. You know, right? There's like a whole BAL. You know that. Is going through not the same thing, but they're going through their own growth, rapid growth. And there's a lot of bloodsuckers and vultures coming into them trying to, you know, pick apart what they can't figure out the next, who's the next Hakeem, you know, who's the next whoever. And it's like, yo, it's crazy because I get it. Like, I'm so glad I am a consultant and I am not bound right now by a corporation because if it was eight o'clock on a Friday and I was working the type of hours I used to work in corporations, I wouldn't have any energy to talk about this. You know what I'm saying? That's real. That's real. But, you know, that's but that's why you, you hire certain people that have the energy, have the, have the time, the energy, the attention, and the money to help you. Um, if they have the team to help you, then you, you get the help. You know, if you're a parent and you're working 70 hours a week and you think you're going to be your, your son or daughter's manager or agent, it's just, you're not going to catch everything. It's just not going to be possible. Right. And so it's figuring out who are the people that are coming with holistic solutions and who are the people that are creating infrastructure or who, who are a part of infrastructure. Because the way I see it and why I really like the crypto space as well, from a financial point of view, because introducing something called DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations. And so to an extent, like if you think about it, think about it like this, brother, you probably appreciate this, like, you have you have you have Mecca, you have Medina, you have other you know places you can go, other schools you can go to, but they weren't necessarily under some hierarchy. Right. Everybody was autonomous and had knowledge itself, and that's right. how the internet is starting to function now in this metaverse. They start talking about like there's these DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations, which is just a bunch of technical language just saying, "Yo, there is no master. I self lord and master." Yes. Wow. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm trying to like, I, I want our people to be on it. Cause it's like, it's in our DNA. Like the Wu-Tang web series is out or a series is out and people are learning the history of kind of like these. Man, these don't arts. do that to me, Kenji, man. Do you know how many brothers and nothing? Now I'm going off. You know what I mean? I, ha- I don't have Hulu. So I have to get Hulu, man. Everybody's telling me, yo, you got to see this series, man. It's, it's off the chain, man. So you just, you were there for it you know I, yeah. I was just young and trying to learn the alphabet you feel me yeah. so again I think the beauty is like you know the history repeats itself man yes, and it so does. I really think we're in a time where um, the righteous will rise man. Yeah. we just got to tap in and tune in like I realized I can't be on the internet talking about how I want to talk to kids like I got to go to the kids that's why I love it be in the trenches <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'll be in the trenches, like, and and as much as it's cool to tell stories from five years ago or ten years ago, for me at least, it's like I need to create new history. 
Yeah. I need to create new history. And, yeah. and, and, and in that way, it's not a mystery. It's not you're not wondering, oh, what what are you what are you doing? Like, is this just theory or is this practice? You know, it's like, yo, right. this practice is like, right. you know, if we have a kid in New York right now who has a potential to have a documentary and a sneaker deal and all that, then like, yo, what is it that every single time that's happened, it didn't work out in the favor of the community? Like the idea of like $40 million slaves and a conveyor belt. Like why each and every time that had to happen? Like, why is it not just that they went to prep school, but they went to a particular type of prep school? Why is it that they not only had to leave their family, but they went to a particular type of family to stay and live with, you know? And so it's like, before we get to that place and like, all right, we about to lose this kid again. They about to go get shipped out of this. Like, like, yo, instilling them, you know, the idea of like, yo, know, know who you are and know why you're there and know where, where phase you are in. If you're in fitness, then you need to stay fit every day. Like you need to be doing mental work, mental exercises, practices. You need to be doing physical work, practices, exercises. Same with creative practices and exercises and work. And same with um, financial, you know, you know, act, you know, practices, exercises and work. Right. Like I, and I think it starts at home. Like I can't tell anyone to do it if I'm not doing. It. Absolutely, right. Absolutely. And then you know, going back to what we were talking about before, in terms of like when we were talking about Mikey, is it the right time, or any of these kids, is it is it the right time? I'm just thinking, like, I mean, I, it's the right time because think about it. Think think about if you if you started eighth grade, that just means your career or your your so called you know financial career starts in eighth grade, right? As opposed to a rookie year in the NBA. What's the difference, right? You start at eighth grade. The only way that you you keep you keep people following you and you and you and you stay profitable is if you keep getting better, right? Just like a rookie in the NBA. They'll drop you, they'll drop a rookie who who's a flop in three years too. So it's this it's the same thing. Like eighth grade, if you're a flop by the time you're a sophomore in high school, you you just won't have it anymore. But if you keep getting better and better, and until you until you stop getting better and better, you can profit off of that. Just like, you know, an NBA, you're just starting earlier as far as as far as and you're just not getting that NBA contract. But as we know now, you know, Durant, Kyrie, all, you know, it's the it's the other money that they're getting beyond beyond the contract. Right. Well, last I checked, time waits on no man. So <laughs> it is his time. You know, right. the man has a million something followers. Oh, it's his time. Oh, it's your time. It's your time. Because <laughs> he didn't have a million followers maybe five years ago. That wasn't his time. This right. is his and, time. And now you, you just you don't need to be an NBA rookie to have a million followers like you used this is, to. This is called the fruits of his labor. That's what this is. Right. So yeah, man. So uh obviously we got we gotta have more of these kind of conversations. We gotta do this uh every so often and maybe I'm re- I, I listen, man. I'm ready to make Kenji. Do we have space for Kenji so he can start interviewing people with us? Yeah, why not? Why not? (laughs) Kenji, you're an honorary uh, uh, co-host, man. (laughs) Word up. Word up. (laughs) Kenji, thank you again, man. uh, As usual, you dropped dropped many jewels, uh, very important stuff regarding, and we really just, we really just, graze the surface of, of name images like this. We'll talk a lot more about it in the future. Uh, but Kenji, thanks a lot, you know, for, for giving us the info you did and, you know, any, anything else you got, you want to say before you get out of here? 
Go ahead. Uh, listen, I think if you're an athlete and you're also a student, just keep in mind your time, your energy, your attention, and your money. Um, there's a lot of it going around money, but it's not a lot of your time. It's not a lot of your energy. It's not a lot of your attention. It may feel like that right now, but preserve those things. Get your money, but get it with integrity and make sure you bring in uh, the people that care about you as a holistic being. Facts. And if you're a parent, same thing goes for you and your seed. That's peace. Yep. Well, like I said, that was Kenji Summers. Um, we, we throw the credentials out there. Forming, former Nike basketball East Coast brand marketing manager, expertise in community development and creative strategy, currently run, doing his own thing with Future Current. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll hear from him much more on this podcast for sure. But uh, thanks for joining us tonight, man. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll be reconnecting really soon. Peace, Kenji. All right, good stuff as usual. Uh, like I said, just just uh, you know, really getting started on this on this name, image, and likeness. Uh, you know, this is a topic that's not going anywhere. Really, it just started this topic, so we'll be we'll be talking about this a lot. But yeah, that was you know uh, you know just a real conversation about where this thing can go. Yeah, um, I mean, bottom line is you know we're into ownership. And that's what the NIL, you know, when I think of the NIL, I think of ownership, owning your own brand, owning, owning all of the special, everything that's, that, that people find special about you and you find special about you, owning that, own, owning that and owning it even before it becomes monetary. So, you know, if you, if you have a special smile, you own that smile, you have a special you know, signature move, like Kenji mentioned, you own that. And then, you know, learning how to uh, put that into action and monetize it so you can capitalize. I mean, we're in a capitalistic society. So you should be, as a student athlete, you should be able to capitalize on your own gifts. Right. And, and it takes, you know, you, you got to allow yourself to be educated. You got to, you know, be around people you trust you know, like you have that special talent, but with special gifts and talent comes responsibility in order right. to be, in order to truly be able to own it. Because we just like we talked about, there are going to be people who are going to swoop down and tell you this or that, and we could get you this or that, um, and it's going to start much earlier now. Uh, so, you know, it's something you got to be very responsible about, and you got to, you know, it's all you got to stay around people you trust, basically. And, uh, and build with people you trust. And last thing, what last, Jewel, I, I got to shout out my stepfather, Ralph Moore. He told me one thing about negotiation, never take the first offer. <laughs> right, right. Be ready to sleep on it. Right, right. Be patient. Yep, no doubt about it. Yes. So, no, great, great stuff. Great stuff as usual. Um, once again, to... Everybody listening out there, appreciate the support as always. Uh, keep listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, like I said, wherever you get it. Uh, keep following us on social media at UpNextPod on Instagram, at UpNext underscore pod on Twitter, 
Uh, check us out on YouTube, Up Next Pod. We're going to get more of the most recent videos up there soon. And uh, that's about it for this for this week. But, um, you know, we'll be back next week and the week after with uh, with more jewels, more, more uh, info from the people playing the game, from the important people within the game. And, you know, we'll stay true to the culture. Peace, everyone. Peace. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player, ain't no watching from the side. Uh, picking up them pieces, ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next, but gon' show them why. Uh, one, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green, got me a scally for he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check. Uh, they had then, I got now, now guess who next? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.